where we discuss mindset, wellness, and how to create a better life for ourselves. I am your host, Felicia Barrios. I am also a mom and a forever student of personal expansion. This podcast was created to help you find tools and resources for inner peace, clarity, as well as abundance. We are the creators and directors of our lives and every choice we make has a tremendous impact on our lives and the lives that surround us. I am here to guide you through mindset growth, including wellness practices that may elevate you. In addition, the duration of this podcast may also include my own personal evolutions and hope that will offer you insight and guidance to a greater path. If you would like me to discuss topics around eliminating limiting beliefs, skin wellness, relationship with oneself, wellness practices to elevate your mind, body, and soul, including manifestations and abundance, then this podcast is for you. You can also email me topics that you would like for me to discuss at hello at velvetytruth.info. You may also DM me and follow me on my YouTube channel at The Velvety Truth. Now, I hope you enjoy the episode. So today, the title of today's episode is, We Are Always Manifesting, Even in the Darkest Hour. Now, I wanted to come on here today and to talk to you informally. This is mostly about my story to give you some context of where I come from as far as like my story, my background, how I grew up, so that you can have a better picture of the person that I am today. If you wanted to know more about me, I plan to talk a little bit about that today or a lot about that today. So when I was growing up, I had a single father, so my mom passed away really early. Um, I think I was four, and she was 39. She wasn't even 40 yet. So I lost her early, and I had my, or at the time, I had my father and my sister. And we also, at the time, we lived with uh, extended family, like my cousins and my father's sister as well as my father's brother and their mother, which is my grandmother at the time. So we all lived together because um, they had just recently came from the Philippines a couple years. This was in like 1990. 
ish or like in the late 80s. So uh, we came to Sacramento in 1990 from the Bay Area. So we all lived together trying to get our stuff together, you know, school, jobs, whatever. And so my mom passed away in 1990. And so as the youngest one, out of the two, I did not take it very lightly. I had a hard time with it. I guess my sister dealt with it differently too, but not as not the way that I not the way that I dealt with it. So to give you some context, so I cried a lot. Um, I felt as if I was different from my family because I felt like we didn't connect in the way that they connected with my sister. And then growing up, I was always called a sensitive one. I was always told that I needed to change my attitude because I was angry. I was an angry child. I was reserved. I was quiet. And I pretty much hated the world at the time. And so coming from a Filipino family and culture, they did not believe in mental health care. So uh, I did not see a therapist or psychiatrist at the time. And it's still pretty much most for the older generation, it's pretty much taboo. So that was tough. And then I was kind of like a tomboy. I wasn't really a girly girl growing up. And so my sister was. So we didn't have a lot in common, like, uh, interests. So in high school, I was in sports. I played volleyball. And um, my sister was in, like, dance for one year. But beside that, our social, our social lives were completely in different groups. And so I didn't know... You know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and then I knew as a child that I was very different because I felt this like heavy ball on my chest. And it didn't go away for many years until I think maybe junior high. Um, and then in high school, I didn't really have a good time in high school. Let's just put it that way. Um, but it was okay. I played sports. I had things that kept me occupied and busy until it was done. Moving fast forward, I went to college. Well, I went to beauty school while I was going to college. I worked throughout college. I moved to a different city after college in, um, 2010. I moved to LA for a couple of years. I really grew up in LA. Um, that was like the first year was the hardest year of my life at that point. I think it was the hardest year. Well, the first, well, one of the hardest years I had experienced as an adult, like by myself, it was very difficult. I had to do a lot of growing up. I had to survive. I had to work two jobs to keep my apartment, um, but anyway, like it was all the growing pains you go through as a kid. And then um, I went and I finished my master's degree in gerontology, thinking that I was going to be a social worker or a case manager in that capacity instead of being a nurse like every other Filipino 
lady or person. So I didn't want to do that. It just wasn't part of my identity. I'm not a nurse. I'm not going to work in the hospital because for one, my mom died in the hospital and I saw her there right before. Uh, so we had came to Sacramento 1990 and because she was sick and she was already in the hospital by the time we came to Sacramento. So there was no time to spend time with her at all. Like I was four. I didn't know what the heck was going on, you know? So, and I'll, it was just so much like I didn't know what was what and you know adults do not explain or tell the truth to kids and I think that is a total detriment in my opinion from being told lies as a kid that is a detriment and so I went back home in 2015 from LA I moved back home with my dad he was dating pretty much dating since the year after my pop, my mom passed. So I saw a lot of women come in and out of my life. And he had a long-term girlfriend for like 10 years before I left for LA. And so I just, I never really had that mother figure. I saw it with my friends and their parents, you know, just watching them and stuff like that. Like, so, and I was around family that didn't like to talk about hard stuff right they um they were just incapable they don't have the cognitive function and probably because they were stunted when they were younger too so they don't have the tools and resources to talk to me in the way that i feel, can feel supported you know so and just Recently, in 2017, I was diagnosed as clinically depressed by my therapist, my first and only therapist that I saw, um, because there were certain signals that made me want to go see a therapist. I had a lot of emotions at the time um, that triggered for me to see a therapist. And so I'm telling you this story because even though... I have encountered such hardship. Um, what I remember, like maybe in my teenage years or even early 20s, I was part of a church until I was like 20, 21. And then I kind of stopped going after that. But I didn't know about manifestation at the time. I didn't know about like vibrations and like how you can create your own life. But I had prayer at the time, like I knew I didn't want this life that I had right now, even though I was depressed, even though I was crying a lot, even though, I mean, I I did have a life, I was working, you know, I was functional, I was, you know, I was my, I was level-headed, but there's always a heartache, so I knew I did not want to be that when I had my own family or when I was older like there was always an inclination that I would have a much better life than I had then I knew in my heart that my life was going to be different and then there was a period in my like late 20s I I had to stop dating completely because I was always encountering 
the same type of person, whether they're too mature for to have like mature discussions. It was always about them. I wasn't really seen as an equal type of thing. So I told myself that I had to stop completely and just be alone so that I can have space in my mind to really think about what it is that I want, what I want for myself and what I want for my future self. So as I continue my story, um, I just want you to know that we are always manifesting and that we can always expect a better outcome, even though we may not even know it. But what I never questioned was the expectation. I just knew in my mind that my life was going to be so much better. It was going to be so much peaceful. And I was going to surround myself that people that encouraged me, supported me, and wanted to really hear me and listen and understand me. I knew I was going to have that. And so I did start my like healing journey back in 2017. I That's when it really started, but it wasn't consistent, but that's where it started. And now I learned that I'm very, I'm highly sensitive person and I am empath. And so now looking back, I could see the personalities that were around me at the time. And in slang terms, they're like energy vampires or narcissists, you know. Um, and it was a hard journey to get there, to get to where I am today. I have my own family. I'm married and I have a, I have a, a two-year-old. And I knew when I was pregnant, things were going to change after that because there was just signs and things that I knew had to change, but I I had to prepare myself while I was pregnant. And when I was pregnant, you know, you don't want to stress. You don't want to think about things that are going to cause you distress. You know, we want to be light and not to worry too much about things because everything that you feel is your baby can feel too. So I was tr very careful during that period. And then it wasn't until my son was almost one where I decided to finally cut ties with my father and my sister. And it wasn't an overnight decision whatsoever. This is, it's very difficult when someone has an experience like covert, like abuse, like emotional mental abuse, because it's, it's compounded over the years and the decades. So it's very hard to grasp at first and um, to maybe understand that, but it was something that I knew I had to do, not because I wanted to, but it was something that I had to do. I was pulled to do it only because I have my own family now and I had to, I have to protect them. I am a mother now and a wife and I have to protect these people in my little circle, right? It's it's very hard when it when it comes to family. And I know that firsthand. But to be very honest with you, looking back, it was the best thing I ever did for my health 
and my well-being. I say this because every time I had an interaction with them, whether they would text me, call me, or whatever, I always felt so stressed out because I knew that they only called me because they needed something from me. They wanted to know something. They want me to do something for them. They never really, okay, they don't really want to know how I'm doing. They say, oh, hi, how are you? But it's like this artificial, superficial, small talk thing, which I do not prefer small talk because of the way my personality is. I'd rather know exactly how you're doing. You tell me the truth and we can go from there. We can go deep. So that's how I operate. And the people, my family are not that way. So they have certain personality issues that they haven't worked out with. Um, so I tell you my story so that I hope you guys understand when I tell you my story, even though when I mention like manifesting, um, it takes time. And I feel like if you really want to get to where you want to go, it has to start with you. It has, you have to have like a spark or like an aha moment of clarity that you want to be out of a certain situation, but it, it may take time for you to really take action because it's something new and different and it's uncomfortable, which is very understandable. So that's why I say it may take time especially if you've been in an environment that never understood you, never supported you in the way that you needed to. Um, but you can be your own healer and your own guide as well when it comes to the inner workings of your emotions and the relationships that you have. There has to be a push inside you that you expect more and better for you because you only have this one life, you know? Now, I've experienced death as a young child, so I am familiar with the emotions that come with it, but you are the one that's gonna take care of you. You're the one who's gonna live this life. This life isn't forever. This life is very temporary, and so I encourage you to find your inner healer to find guidance outside if you need to, from either from your friends, your coworkers, or other resources. And I sh I'm telling you my story because I want you to see the light at, you know, the journey. I want you to see that there is more out there for you, even in, in the darkest part of your life. You are always manifesting. And even if you just say you want better, that is the first, that is the first step. You know, even if you tell yourself, I want more out of life, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get out of this. I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna get out of this. You just by saying it, you are igniting the frequency and the universe to start that path for you. And I want to leave you with that. And I hope this story helps with encouraging you um, to move forward, to start 
telling yourself good things, loving things, because it starts with you. It's not going to be easy, but I know you can do it. You deserve the best life that you can have on this earth. Thank you for listening to the Velvety Truth Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode where I shared my childhood memories and how I overcame challenges and how I was able to manifest my life even in the darkest hours. If you would like to help support the podcast, please leave us a rating and a review. To reach me, you can follow my YouTube channel at The Velvety Truth or follow me on Instagram at Velvet Parallels. This information is also in the show notes. Until next time, take care of yourself always.